Hello and welcome to Fast Pass to the Past, the Theme Park History Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Carroll. I'm a theme park history expert, a former Disneyland cast member, and of course, a former annual pass holder at Disneyland as well. I am so excited for a very special episode that we have for you today because I have a big announcement. Over the past two years, I've been pretty tight-lipped until about a month ago about the fact that I was writing the first ever Disneyland history book for kids. And guess what? It just got released today on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle. I'm super excited about this book, which is called Fast Pass to the Past, The Junior Historian's Guide to Disneyland. I cannot tell you how exciting it is to finally have this book in the hands of theme park fans like you. It really did take a village to get this book done. It's not something that anyone has ever done before. And I ran into a lot of roadblocks around the way, thanks to COVID, when many museums and libraries were closed. We actually, my husband and I, had to pack up the car and drive all the way to Kansas City to be able to get some of the resources for the part of the book that deals with Walt Disney's childhood. We're actually going to read the first chapter here today. So that first chapter was really inspired by my trip to Marceline and to Kansas City, Missouri, where Walt Disney spent a lot of his youth. So I hope you enjoy some of the fun facts that we unearthed about Walt's very first visit ever to an amusement park. The book is really filled with stories of every single attraction that has really ever graced the Disney Disneyland map. So I'm really excited to get it into the hands of theme park fans like you so that the entire family can enjoy this special community that we have on the internet of theme park history fans. And maybe it will even inspire some future historians as well. So a little bit more about the book. Here's the book description. All aboard. Take a trip deep into the Disneyland archives and discover the fascinating history behind the happiest place on Earth. Over a hundred years ago, a boy not so different from you and me sat under a tree and imagined a world where his drawings could come to life. That boy was Walt Disney, and his dream would become Disneyland. But that's only the beginning of the story. Fast Past the Past, a junior historian's guide to Disneyland, will take you on a grand circle tour of Disneyland's past and present. From awful ideas left on the drawing board to actual flying and sinking ships, Discover the secrets behind all of your favorite Disneyland attractions, including the Haunted Mansion, Peter Pan's Flight, and even Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It's really great for the entire family. I was inspired by how my family and I used to read Harry Potter together, you know, as kids. And that really inspired me in the language and word choice that I utilize in the book. I really want it to be something that you could read to your children that may not be able to read chapter books yet, that you could give to your 10-year-old before the annual Disneyland trip, and that you could probably sneak off and read, you know, with a cup of coffee or a glass of wine in the evening. So that's really what I wanted to accomplish with the book. It also is pretty interactive. 
So there is a section throughout the book called Magnifying Glass, which is basically a historical scavenger hunt throughout Disneyland. I really hope that you guys consider picking up the book either as a stocking stuffer or a Hanukkah gift, but also, you know, just to really pass on this love of history to the younger generation. If we don't protect Disneyland's history now, I really do fear that, you know, people will just look at it as any other amusement park when we all know it's so much more than that. So I really encourage you to pick up the book. It's pretty affordable. It's $9.99 on ebook on Kindle and then $14.99 on Amazon, which also, of course, includes Prime shipping and will be in other venues probably in the new year. So if you're looking to get it by the holidays, I would definitely encourage you to go on Amazon. So without further ado, I'd love to take you through the first chapter of the book. Chapter one, the man before the mouse. To tell the truth, more things of importance happened to me in Marceline than have happened since or are likely to in the future. Walt Disney. Long before Disneyland existed, a young boy sat under a cottonwood tree, imagining a world where his drawings could come to life. Walt Disney's childhood was full of adventures. He played cowboys and Indians, explored underwater caves, and found a hidden pirate treasure, just like you can do nowadays at Disneyland. Unfortunately, most of these adventures were only in Walt's imagination. There simply wasn't much time after he finished his chores. Though he was originally from Chicago, Walt grew up on a farm in Marceline, Missouri. In what free time he had, Walt drew characters of all shapes and sizes, including animals he befriended on the farm. Walt told everyone that he was an artist. Once, Walt even found a tub of black tar and drew his characters right on the white walls of the family's farmhouse. His parents were outraged when they discovered the drawings. To their horror, the tar would not come off. Magnifying glass. Want to see a baby Walt Disney? Just inside the Disneyland Baby Care Center, at the end of Main Street, USA, you'll find an adorable portrait of Walt Disney as an infant. The portrait dates way back to 1902. Walt was a bit of a troublemaker. He loved to entertain his classmates and would go out of his way to make people laugh. He once brought a field mouse he had caught into the classroom on a leash. The teacher screamed and quickly made him release it outside. Although Walt didn't care about breaking the rules, his father, Elias Disney, loved rules. Elias was a no-nonsense businessman, and he made no secret that he disapproved of Walt spending all of his time drawing. To distract him, Elias piled young Walt up with farm chores. In 1909, when Walt was only eight years old, Walt's father unexpectedly fell ill. Walt's mother, Flora Disney, and his older brother, Roy, did their best to try and save the farm. Yet, it was just too much for Flora and 16-year-old Roy to run the farm and raise Walt and his younger sister, Ruth. After months of hard work, Walt's parents made the difficult decision to sell their beloved farm. Walt cried as he watched his animal friends being led off to their new homes. Walt's time swimming in streams, exploring the frontier, and walking down Marceline's picture-perfect Main Street was over. Before he knew it, 
the family was on the train to a new life in Kansas City. That, at least, brought some comfort. After all, Walt loved trains. The memory of his adventures in Marceline inspired Walt Disney throughout his life. You can still experience some of his favorite childhood moments at Disneyland, on Main Street USA, wandering Tom Sawyer's Island, or rowing a canoe around the rivers of America. Although Marceline may have been some of Walt's happiest years, it was in Kansas City that Walt found the inspiration for Disneyland. Walt visited his first amusement park at nine years old. It was Kansas City's Electric Park, just a short streetcar ride from Walt's new home. Most amusement parks of the early 1900s were dirty and run down, but not Electric Park. It was literally a beaming light for all of Kansas City. You could literally see it from miles away. Fast Pass Facts A theme park is an amusement park with areas where the rides, shops, and food all reflect different themes. You can see this throughout Disneyland. Just think how strange it would look if a rocket toy was sold in Adventureland. In an amusement park, there are no themes. Rides, souvenirs, and snacks are random. It would not be strange to see a toy rocket being sold next to a cowboy lasso. When Walt was growing up, there were plenty of amusement parks. However, there were very few theme parks. The earliest American theme parks popped up in the 1940s. The people of Kansas City were proud of their park. They flocked to the wide, flower-lined avenues on summer nights to dance to live bands, play carnival games, and marvel as the park came to life with a flood of 100,000 electric lights. Those who saw it say Electric Park changed night into day. Walt was captivated by Electric Park and returned every chance he could. With the help of his best friend, he often crawled over the fence to avoid paying the entrance fee. These trips were bright spots, at a time when Walt didn't have a lot to look forward to. Walt's life in Kansas City was hard. His father had thankfully recovered from his illness. Still, Elias Disney was always looking for his next business opportunity. He soon bought a newspaper route for Walt and Roy. Every morning, Walt and his brother woke up before the crack of dawn and delivered newspapers before school, even if it was snowing. Electric Park was Walt's chance to get away. He loved wandering through the souvenir shops, riding the carousel, and viewing the summer fireworks. Walt and his younger sister Ruth often crowded around the park's gigantic fountain at closing. There, they would gaze up at the beautiful performers as they dance amongst colorful sprays of water, a show not unlike modern Disneyland favorites like Fantasmic and The Wonderful World of Color. Yet, what Walt enjoyed most of all was the steam train that circled the park. When he wrote it, Walt imagined he was a famous artist riding to far-off places. Young Walt took every chance he could to seek adventures. At 15 years old, he was ready to leave Kansas City. Inspired by his Uncle Mike's stories as a locomotive engineer, Walt got a summer job selling newspapers, candy, and fruit on the Santa Fe Railway. The next year, 
Walt convinced his mother to let him volunteer for the Red Cross as an ambulance driver. Despite being only 16, he wanted to be part of the action of World War I, like older brother Roy. He looked so swell in that sailor uniform, remembered Walt, so I wanted to join him. Walt lied about his age to serve his country, changing his birth date from 1901 to 1900 on his passport application. However, by the time he arrived in France, World War I was over. Walt had missed his chance. Instead of helping hurt soldiers, Walt spent his time running errands for army officers. Since there wasn't much to do, he filled the canvas flaps of his ambulance truck with dozens of characters, just like he had done with the black tar in the family farmhouse. Unlike his father, his friends and army comrades loved his drawings. Walt returned home to Kansas City, just 18, with a newfound determination to be an artist. Yet, success did not come easy to young Walt. After returning from France, Walt started a business with his friend, Ub Erks. The young men had planned to draw newspaper ads and signage, but they lacked one thing, customers. The struggling artist took jobs at the Kansas City Slide Company for $40 a week to make ends meet. That position changed Walt Disney's life forever. There, he was introduced to a brand new way of filmmaking called animation. Walt was mesmerized by the moving pictures. After checking out a book on animation from the Kansas City Library, he came up with a few tricks to make cartoons better. Unfortunately, his managers at Kansas City Slide Company weren't interested in his suggestions. They were perfectly happy using paper puppets, similar to modern-day stop-motion animation, to create their short advertisements for movie theaters. Walt knew he could make animations more lifelike by drawing each individual frame, and he couldn't wait to try it. Walt and Ub crowded into the shed behind Walt's uncle's house to experiment with animation every day after work. They even managed to sell a few short cartoons to local movie theaters under the name Laughogram Films. However, young Walt wasn't great with money. Soon, the tiny studio went bankrupt. Walt even had to sell his movie camera. Walt desperately needed a partner who had a good head for business and who could handle the money while he and Ub drew the cartoons. He also knew that if he wanted to reach people around the globe, he needed to be at the center of the entertainment industry. And that wasn't Kansas City. Luckily, Walt's older brother, Roy, was already living out in California. So, in August of 1923, Walt carefully packed his cardboard suitcase with some clothes and drawing supplies. With his last few dollars, Walt purchased a one-way ticket on the Santa Fe steam train towards Hollywood, California, and his destiny. Five years later, Walt would release his first big animated hit, Steamboat Willie, starring Mickey Mouse. The rest is history. Magnifying Glass Next door in Disney's California Adventure Park, Walt's early life is showcased in the storyteller's statue near Carthay Circle Restaurant. In Walt's pocket, you'll see a newspaper from 1923, when Walt arrived in Hollywood. The statue is filled with more Easter eggs, including references to Kansas City, Marceline, Laughogram Films, and the Santa Fe Railroad. Can you spot them all? Hint. One is on his soul. 
despite leaving Kansas City behind, Walt never forgot Electric Park or the memories of exploring it in his childhood. Unfortunately, the amusement park closed in 1925 after a fire destroyed much of the flower-lined avenues. For the rest of his life, Walt remembered that thing, that imagination, and that feeling of happy excitement that he knew as a kid when he visited Electric Park. Those happy memories inspired his idea for an amusement park where his cartoons could come to life. He thought it could be called Mickey Mouse Park. Ah! So that is the first chapter of Fast Pass to the Past, The Junior Historian's Guide to Disneyland. Like I said, the book is currently available on Amazon in both Kindle and paperback versions. I really encourage you to give it a try or share it with someone who you think could be a next great theme park historian. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for your support in writing the book. And I hope to hear from you. Feel free to drop me an email at austin at fastpasstothepast.com. You can also see some exclusive behind-the-scenes content of the book on fastpasstothepast.com, which is also our new home for the podcast. Well, thank you guys so much, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday season.